Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 14th, 2018. You are listening to episode 46 of the Dry Spellcast. My name is Matt. I'm joined by Austin. Hello. There he is. I think that's the first time in a while that your like fader was up yeah, when I know. you first I, started out. I actually caught it this time. I was like, hey, oh. hey look at that. Um, so we are here. We're going to talk about video games. We are live in the University Pulse studio. This is our weekly show about video games. It's also a weekly podcast that comes out most weeks. Uh, I, I have not been doing quite as well as I probably should have been over the past couple weeks, but I, I promise that it will be better. I am kind of sick right now. Yeah. It's awesome. It, it was like, so apparently it was beautiful outside this past weekend and I wasn't here, but I came back and immediately proceeded to get sick and had like one beautiful day of weather and now it's raining again. Yep. Oh well, that's what we get March here. showers lead to April flowers. Well, it's not... Okay, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Good. Um, well, we always got to remember, March is technically a winter month. People just never... I always like... Because like my birthday is in March. It was actually yesterday, so... Yeah, uh, it uh, was. I was considering my birthday like a spring birthday, but it's technically a winter birthday. But like when you think March, you think springtime for some odd reason. I guess that's true. Uh, I think because, I don't know, we get so sick of winter... We right. want spring to come quicker, I yeah. guess. So any chance we get, like, it's spring. It's spring. But that's not till the end of April. But, of course, our winter, like, ended super early this year. We really didn't have much of a winter. Yeah. It kind of sucked. Which means that, like, our snowpack's all screwed up. No, we, we're good this year. They Are said. we? Yeah, they said we're good. Huh. I guess I'm super surprised about well, that. Well, because we've had a lot of rain in the valley, but the mountains are still getting snow. Right. So that makes sense. They're they're fine. We there's like two weeks ago or last week they they cleared us for the the snowpack for the year. Oh, that's said, good. Said we'll have that's a nice. good year. And I bet like like it raining right now means it's still probably snowing in the mountains. Yeah, probably. You know, every year I go through this like thing where I think to myself, you know, I really want to be like what's called a a fire technician. I believe, which is basically you like the lookout people. And so like you kind of like you sit in your lookout and you like watch for fires. And if anybody has ever played the video game Firewatch, you know what I'm talking about. And every year I like consider doing that. And I know it's like a super competitive job. And it's also like, oh, you're going to spend three, four, five months absolutely alone, completely by yourself with no one else. Which is kind of, you know, crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. But I was so like for spring break, I was trying to think, what do I want to do? And I started looking at, oh, you know, it'd be kind of cool to stay in one of those fire lookouts because they totally rent some of them out. Um, and like the waiting list is huge and everything. But most of them don't open till like June. Because, like, we don't see the snow here, but up in the mountains, there's still, like, 20 feet of snow. Yeah, I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't become fire season until, honestly, like, fall time here. Because when everything starts drying out. August is, like, our bad time. Yeah, because when everything starts drying out and getting ready for the fall, then it's, like, really bad fire season. 
There's like one bolt of lightning. Right. Thousands of acres go. Or one stupid idiot with a firework on uh, Table Rock. On Table Rock. Yeah. So, anyways, that was. I don't. I don't know where I'm getting at that. Weather. It's fun, I guess. Austin, your birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I am sad that I couldn't meet up with you guys. That's all right. We weren't really feeling like we wanted to do too much anyways. No, and I, I totally understand that. I, I mean, you kind of had the birthday that I did. My, my last birthday was me and one other friend. We drank like one beer. Yeah. I had one beer and then the restaurant gave me a free shot. So. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. That's really nice of them. Oh, free well shot. Yummy. Ew. It, was good. it wasn't good, but it was okay. <coughs> so, yeah. Birthday was yesterday. Super exciting. Took a test. How, how old are day. you? 25. 25. I forget. How old am I? 26. Why did I think I was 27? I don't know. You turned 27 this year. Maybe I just don't know myself anymore. Maybe I don't know who I am. Maybe you need to go sit Where in a fire I? watch station for months. So I can like, can learn about myself? Rediscover who you are. Oh, my God. <coughs> That's a scary, scary Let's thought. Let's take a spiritual journey. Yes. And how did your test go? I don't know. I got a passive-aggressive email from one of my professors yesterday. It was like, you've missed two of my classes. You're probably going to fail. Well, I was like, all right, cool, cool, bro. I've got to respond to that today because it's, I missed it for good reason, but well, we'll see. I still think like the idea of having attendance policies in college, in is, college just, is insane. Yeah. Like if you miss the material and you miss the material, like your, your class should technically be structured in a way that like if you get behind, then you're behind. And like you have to fight your way back. Like if but if you have that knowledge, like think about it. Like if you have the knowledge uh that you missed in that day, then did you really need to be there? No. I mean I've kind of thought that too. Like we're paying to be here and then we still get penalized for if we don't show up. It should be on us if we don't show up because then yeah, you miss the stuff. Yeah, I think that's kind of crazy. You're wasting your money, kind of thing. And I don't want to like I don't want to complain about classes on air or anything. No, it's just some, but it's like it's like weird. it really, it really perplexes me. Uh, unless it's like a service learning type of thing. Well, I had a friend who literally showed up five minutes late to class, and the professor told him to leave. So that's just that's just absurd. I got marked late for showing up one minute behind. And yeah, that happened to you too. And I'm pretty sure class started early because I heard the chimes as I was walking in. As you know, like uh, the clock tower chimes the fight song at noon. And I was walking into class as I heard that, um, and it didn't take me two minutes to run up the stairs. Um, and I went up the stairs and walked in, and I definitely got marked late on it. And actually, that's that same class I emailed like two or three weeks before I knew I was going to be late to a class, and they still locked the door. I knew I was going to be late because I had a thing on campus, so I like they I ran over door? as quick as I could, and they had the door locked when I got there. Wow, fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes after class and started. 
It's just absurd. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a weird environment. It's definitely not not my normal experience with professors thus far in this new degree. Music, don't even get me started on that. That was a completely different world. But like this new degree, like I've always felt like super supported. Totally don't feel supported right now. And that's a bummer. But again, don't want to complain about classes on air. Um, although I highly doubt my professors would ever listen to it. Probably not. Yeah. Probably doesn't know this exists. Yeah, probably not, actually. So That's okay. We can keep it that way. How was your weekend, Austin? You went to Tucson. I did go to Tucson. We had a shooting competition down there through Boise State. Yes. So, yes, I'm part of the Boise State sh- Sporting Arms Club. Because I think we all kind of sh- know that. Yeah, shooting's offensive, apparently. The word shooting offends people. It is. Uh, so we went down to shoot in Tucson, and we brought the Boise weather with us, that's for sure. <laughs> it was cloudy. It rained on us. It would barely got i mean it got it was in the, the 70s like don't get me wrong it was still like warm i was in shorts and t-shirt the entire time even in the rain it wasn't like a problem and it's hilarious when i go down there because like u of a and asu were there at this competition too like obviously mm-hmm. and they're all like in pants and like jackets and sweaters and like complaining about how cold it is and it's like 80 degrees yeah and all of us are like yeah this is lovely we can, you know lay out in the grass and stuff it was it's just so funny how they're so much used to like they're used to heat hot, and good hot weather. Heat, yeah. Um, yeah, it went all right. It was busy. Long days. But I feel you. Walked I, away with some medals, so can't good. complain. Better actually it's one girl. Our one of our girls got two medals and so that was pretty good. Better than last year. We didn't get anything last year, so nice. Improving. Improving, improving. Sweet. Yeah. I representing Boise State in weird ways, right? Yeah, I represented Boise State this in shooting. You represented Boise State in another way this weekend. I did. Good segue. I So, kind of. So, I kind of represented Boise State. Um, so, I went with the eSports team to the Mountain West eSports Showcase. Um, reminder, it's not a tournament or anything. It was just a showcase. It was basically Boise State and UNLV getting together to play some esports and just compete in it like in a friendly like you know kind of low scale competition uh but i was like i was really happy with the way it turned out boise state only won in rocket league uh which i was not surprised because if you've ever watched our rocket league guys play they are freak shows like it really blows my mind how good these guys are at Rocket League. And like they, like they live and breathe that game. We're talking like we got to the airport in Boise and they already had laptops out playing matches. That's just crazy. I mean, I know. I love Rocket League as much as the next guy. I put tons and tons of hours in it, but nothing compared. Like we're talking like over a thousand hours uh, each individual. I'm probably, probably like 200, 300 maybe. I don't know. And that's been since it came like came out for PlayStation, like when it was free, I guess, back in what twenty fifteen yep. now. If it's been that long, I think it has been. I think so. Yeah, that's crazy. That was a game that kind of. It's like what Fortnite's doing right now. I think Rocket League was one of those first games that kind of like swept people, because it was free, 
for most people, and then I, I believe it became free for everyone at one point. Yeah. And it was just it was just one of those games people downloaded, and it was just so much fun to play. And I mean, the first time I played Rocket League, I could not just stop laughing and screaming because it was just so much fun. Yeah. It, it's a it's a fun game. Like I really enjoy it. I haven't touched it in a long time. I haven't either. But I mean, I do go back to it every once in a while. Like when I'm like playing with my brother, and he's like, "Well, you want to do something else? We can play Rocket League." Okay. I didn't ever got into it quite as much as you guys did. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was just like kind of on the verge of feeling it, but I never really felt it. Are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? I never felt it, Mr. Krabs. Oh, it's pretty good. I don't know. It is. It's a great game. But I just like I just never really got to that point where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna dedicate a ton of hours into this game. Uh, I don't know. There was just something about it. I like just never really got into it. Well, I think, and for the longest time, you had like a really because I think you're at the liber- your old place before, and you had a really bad internet connection. Was that you? Uh, I, I feel like your ping would always like just skyrocket. Then you couldn't really play. I don't know. I don't remember. I think that was. One I feel like I had a problem with Rocket League and Rocket League alone. Yeah, for some reason your your communication to the server just was not a good one, and yeah. like, then your ping would fly like five hundred, and then you'd be like bouncing all over the field. You're right. I do remember that, and that's like that's kind of like a weird. I think that kind of turned you off to the game a little bit. Yeah, that would be kind of a weird thing to look at because like I remember it being just that game too. Like, I could play the other, like, games we used to play, like, just fine. But every time I would get into Rocket League, it'd be like, oh, no, like, we can't do this. I don't know. I do remember what you're talking about, though. Yeah. And then you'd end up just driving on the wall, like, the ceiling and just falling and then, like, glitching yourself into the floor. Yes. Good times. Good times. That was so long ago. It does feel so long ago. Because in all reality, it was so long ago. All right. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Anyways, back to this whole Mountain West showcase. Yeah, so we played UNLV and Rocket League, League of Legends, and Overwatch. Uh, There were two days of, like, preliminary, just kind of, like, for fun matches. And then the final day was the showcase that took place in the Cox Arena uh, on UNLV's campus, which is right next to where they play basketball. And so the first two days were in like like this little room, and it was like right next to the basketball arena. We're talking like the same building, and so like people were like coming over like f- after like games were ending and like watching like oh what is this what's going on, and I've never had to explain esports more in my life than I did those two days. They gave me some of the Boise State jersey, like one of the Boise State jerseys, so I looked like part of the team. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was because they were all up like playing and stuff, and I was still like I was wandering around. So people are asking you all because I, yeah, I was out there. You're and the so, promo guy, I guess. Hey, hey, I know about this. esports. Hey, talk to me. 
don't yeah, know why yeah, you have yeah. a. I should just carry around a sign that says "Want to know more about esports?" Yeah, I don't know why I gave you like a weird Italian box. I don't either because I'm not anywhere closely related to Italians. It's like more like. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's actually more accurate. <laughs> and nah, so like I explain esports more than I ever have in my life. So but what's, like, what's the spiel now? Are you do you have it down to a T? It's competitive video games. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's what esports is, right? Yeah, I thought you had the whole thing. No, I, I mean... Explain it. I guess after you explain it so many times, you want to shorten it as much as... Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, different video games that people come together and play competitively. I mean, what else is esports, right? But, like, I it definitely, it's at a level of, like, oh, like, we take this super seriously. It's not like... Me and my friends getting together to play video games. It's like these guys are teams. Well, we they take practice. that super seriously. Still, well, yes, of course. But these guys, like, they have practice. They have constant scrims. Like, they do all these things. Like, it's like they're, they're a, a legitimate team. team. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, like they have practice right now, don't they? No, season's over. Oh. So I think like the idea is they're going to get back to practicing. But, like, I know they were going to take, like, a week or two off. Uh, we, we on the broadcast team are doing that because we, we're really close to burning ourselves out. You were a little stressed. All of us were stressed. It was, it was a lot of work, but, I mean, I think good work. Uh, but, anyway, so this thing, uh, yeah, we came out our... The showcase day, we lost two rounds in a row of league, which meant that UNLV won. And then we lost four rounds or three rounds or something like that. We lost all of the Overwatch matches, too. Oh, good. Uh, which means UNLV won. And then I think UNLV maybe won, like, one of eight matches. Um for Rocket League. I don't know. I was I was a little confused about scoring. I think everybody was kind of confused about like how many rounds were taking place, how many best out of blah blah blah. It may have been like the first to 4 in Rocket League one and then we won. I don't know. I don't really remember. It feels like such a long time ago. Oh, it was only like 4 days. 5 days, something like that. Well, you weren't there very long cuz you left. No, we left Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, That's right. and we left Vegas at, at like nine o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, because you left way earlier than I thought. Because you texted me like, "Hey, can you pick me up at the airport?" I'm like, I "I'm still in Arizona." <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize you guys were leaving last week. So yeah, we because I left Thursday afternoon and then get back till Monday afternoon. So we were gone for a solid like four some days. Yeah. Sucked. Yeah, we had a good time. We stayed in Luxor. We got a private tour. Uh, Luxor is building an esports arena. Really? Yes. Uh, and so they have some kind of like well, social mean, gaming space as it is. Does that mean they're going to have like an actual team for the esports? Or? No. I think the idea is just to host tournaments. Okay. That but makes also sense. like they can host like private parties. Mm. And like the lady we were talking to is giving the tour. She's like, we expect like we can use this space. Like if Microsoft wants to unveil something, they can come in and rent it out for a night and do their thing. 
I think like you know, I think the PlayStation Experience still has their thing in Vegas, right? I believe I don't know. I think, I think it's still I in Vegas. Vegas yeah. Like that's something that they could do, stuff like that. But they took us through that. It's in early construction phases, but it's really super neat. Like it is a big open area that has like stadium seating that slides out and it has a big stage with like a big video wall behind it. I mean, that's what I expected right. in Vegas. And then of course the thing like for me that was like super nerdy is like we walked through the production areas and so they have like the live production for the event itself like hanging above, so like you have like your sound station and like your video station and all that stuff. But then you go back and there is also a room dedicated solely to editing. Uh, and like a big room. And then going even further, you have a full studio uh, with like, you know, like what you would expect in like a TV station. As well as, like, a studio where, like, the casters or, like, the hosts can sit and do their thing and stuff. And it was, like, it's just this, like, gigantic multi-million dollar project uh, that's just taking place. And I thought it was, like, kind of cool just to see, like, people are excited about this and people are willing to dump money into this. Mm-hmm. Well, they I think they see that it, it is going to be a big thing in the future. Right. So... Right. Yeah, and it was kind of neat that like they gave us a tour of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. You're there for that reason, so. I yeah, I mean, we're staying in that hotel, and it was just kind of like they just sent out an email that was like, "Hey, like we want to tour this," and they're like, "Sure." We're cool. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Other than that, that was kind of that was kind of Vegas. Um, the parts you want to talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's parts that I don't want to talk about for sure. Um. Remember what happens in Vegas stays. It in stays Vegas. in Vegas. It's true. I guess. What happens in Tucson stays in Tucson. That that is not a thing actually. Oh, is it? No. Well, nothing happened. So. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't drink an entire bottle of tequila by yourself. No. Like the last time you went out. We don't talk about that. We shouldn't talk about that. We shouldn't talk about that. I'm pretty sure you talked about that on air. I don't think I did. I think you did. No, because that I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Okay. We're not going to talk about it. It never get, happened. We can get in trouble for that. We can all get in trouble for everything. None of that happened. No. Did um, you play any video games? Uh, kind of, I guess. So Wednesday night, I think Tuesday actually is when it came out, but I played it Wednesday night before I left for Arizona, is the Outbreak mode for Siege because their new season dropped. So I wanted to get my hands on that, and I played a little bit on Monday night as well. So I've done. This is their zombie mode, right? Yes, and boy, is it crazy! It's a lot of fun. It actually, it's more similar to like Left 4 Dead than like Nazi zombies. Okay. Because you're not. It's like a. It's like a combination of both. Because like you will have to like move out and kill like kill zombies as you're getting to a certain point, like Left 4 Dead. But then, and they even do like the room where you shut the door and then you can reload and then you open another door and you go out. It's kind of funny. And then, like, they're not even like shy about like ripping them off. And then they do like the Nazi zombies, but like the siege style where like you have to plant a bomb, 
to destroy like the hive thing or whatever it is, and then you like, you can reinforce all the walls and stuff, and they like start rushing the bomb to just stop it is kind of the the thing. But man, it can be terrifying yeah. at times because it's it's all dark, and then the one thing I do not like it's kind of what where I th- like The Last of Us kind of got me too is like these people are like still like they're not like zombie like dead people they're like got infected by something. Uh, they got infected by something so they're still like kind of people and you're like walking through like the dimly lit building and all of a sudden you just hear like someone in the background like and you're like what the heck is that and like start, and then like then all of a sudden they're like ah like yell at you and you're like ah like panic and shoot them and then they all get alerted and it just like becomes a freaking madhouse and it's it's super fun. I'm really appreciative that Siege was able to like actually do like kind of a more of a story thing because they actually have like cutscene like had a cutscenes and like voice acting like all the characters have voice act like, that's fully, awesome fully voice acted and actually talk to you. So I think it's only three at a time you can play at like three people co op, which I thought was weird. I thought it'd at least be four or five even, because that's what you do with the normal squads are. But I think it's just for the three people. But the dialogue, depending on the characters you choose, they all like talk to each other, which is super cool, because I feel like it brings another element to these characters that we've been playing with for years. So now they're, they're actually like talking about other stuff, and like you know, Thermite will jump in over the headset, like, hey, you need to do this, and he's kind of in charge of the thing. And it's, it's really cool. I like it a lot. I, when I first heard about the zombie mode, I'm like, oh, that's going to be lame. But yeah. it's you know what? It actually has turned out really well. And I read that on the first day it launched, uh, the, pl- the concurrent players was the highest it's ever been on Siege. Interesting. I, I mean, I think, like, they have been doing a really good job at, like, growing their base. Like, I know a ton of people... Who started playing Seeds over the past couple of months? Yeah, like late, and yeah, and because like they've do they've been doing those like free weekends and mm-hmm. those sales and stuff. Well, now you can buy like the the ultimate edition and get the first two seasons and all the operators for like twenty bucks. Right. So like, why not jump into it and then like and be caught almost pretty much caught up to the new season because now there's two new characters out. Yeah. And that's all you'd be missing unless you buy the season pass, which I did do. So it's kind of useful. Yeah. The new characters are awesome. Yeah. Uh, they definitely, and I, I appreciate it because they definitely change how the game's played, which is a, like, I really like that. Like, when Overwatch was a new character, it changes the meta a little right. bit. Right. And that's what happened with these two characters. It changes the meta. And because they're trying to counter like annoying tactics that people deal with, like, you know, roamers and window peekers and stuff. And one of the guy's abilities is you can detect movement. You click a thing and then it, and if anyone moves, they highlight in red and right. you can see them anywhere. But I mean, it gives them a warning. So like they know not to stop moving. Yeah. I think like the, their approach to like balancing the game is so much different than most multiplayer games. You think about like the way, like, uh, MOBAs or like Overwatch balances their games and it's all patch based. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then they'll release a new character, like Dota releases a new character like every year. Uh, and you know, like Overwatch, every couple of months we get a new character and stuff like that. But usually it's all patch based. So we're like waiting for the next patch to roll out. Uh-huh. But I feel like Siege is like so confident in the way their characters play 
that they very much like they don't patch or nerf or they do buff. They like do they ever, do a little bit but not like i'm not like on scales like overwatch does no but that's it'll the be, thing like it'll they be like one thing like oh we dropped ella's magazine from 50 to 40 right kind of thing it's like and then right like they that. do little things like that but i think like for them the way they balance the game is creating those counters mm-hmm well, then and that's, I think that's, like, that's a really awesome really approach. Really good job with, and that actually make old characters like IQ more relevant now, because with new with other new characters like Legion and stuff, she can use her thing to scan his his abilities and stuff like that. So I really like how they it's not just like counters to the new operators, but uh, you can use the old operators operators to counter as well. And I really like Siege is in a, I think in a good spot right now. And they're gonna continue to go. I mean, yeah, they, they I really like. I'm really impressed at the way like Siege has kind of come into its own. It's now becoming one of the like pre- predominant like first person shooter games. It, uh, no, I totally agree with that. So I mean, I'm super pumped. I know, and I know, and the new season just started, so we're probably gonna expect new operators in like two to three months. I think about every three months is when they drop new stuff for that game, which is I think pretty consistent and reliable like like for them to do i know the only big gap they had was during that operation health like two years ago or last yeah. year where last they had like year. a six month gap of nothing but where they just continue to break the game more and more yeah but the game's the game's pretty well fixed and it's playing really well uh the new outbreak mode is there it's free for anyone so you don't like pay oh, this, awesome. you don't like buy the season pass and they're doing like overwatch does their events it's a limited time thing so it ends in like 20 days from now. Yeah. I'm getting like I'm getting like kind of close to thinking about getting it on PC uh, because I think that might help me a little bit in enjoying the game. I'm getting to the point where like I think I have enough friends that are adopting it well, on I PC. Mean, I'll play it on PC. I th- my the PlayStation still gonna be my main because I have all my stuff on there. Yeah, but I mean if if people are on PC, I'll jump to PC and play. I know look at Jesse and Jason have been kind of. Yeah, like that group, and then like the group that I play with that are like over on like the esports side of things. Like they have kind of started playing. I I know a good handful of people who have it on PC. Like AJ is really big into that game. Mm -hmm. So it's a good game. Yeah, I like. I really disliked it from the beginning, uh, but it's really starting to grow on me. If anything, the way that they've shown that they have faith that this is going to be their big game. I think is well, like put, really they, great. They've for them. put all their backing behind this game, and it's and it's obvious because Ubisoft's kind of bad about stuff like that. They're like they'll have a game, and then they'll drop it right eventually. Like for the, honor, for honor, the division. I guess divisions. It was a little little weird, but the division. Yeah, the we'll division is a really strange case. We'll get that. We'll we have talk that, about that more <laughs> later. later. But yeah, I, I really appreciate how they actually are full supporting this game, and it's. And they even said, like, this is a 10-year game. We're not going to have a sequel. This is our plan kind of thing. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, we do need to take a break, and we will be back. So I haven't had a chance to play a lot of video games, but I did get a little bit. So 
before I left for Vegas, I decided I wanted a new 3DS game. And so I like I had mentioned I wanted SteamWorld Dig 2 for mm-hmm. 3DS. So I went in like GameSpot or GameStop. God, I hate that. Every time. Uh, I went there to see if I could pick it up. And apparently it's download only. Really? Which I thought was a little surprising. I don't have an SD card in my 3DS. So I was like, eh, whatever. So I bought Ocarina of Time instead. Very similar games. I'm totally kidding. Like, They're not. Um, but it was like that or like A Link to the Past, right? Uh, and so like my experience with Zelda is kind of strange. You know, like I have played the original Zelda. I have played the Zelda for the SNES. And then I've played Majora's Mask. And I hate Majora's Mask. It's a terrible game. Uh, the whole time thing just sucks about it. But so I like I know that Ocarina of Time is like really regarded like as a really great game. And I could not get out of the first zone. I played it. So our flight originally went from Boise to Oakland. Mm-hmm. I played it that entire time and never got out of the first zone. Ah. And it like it reminded me of what my problems were with Zelda in the whole thing. Like I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> well, especially like Zelda back like back in Ocarina of Time and stuff. Like there's like, no help. There's no guide. Right, and I feel nothing. like I like maybe if I was a little better prepared for it, it would have been thing. But I was like kind of hoping they'd help my like hold my hand a little bit more. Like yep. the original one, I know I'm going into, and it's like they like there is nothing. Like, literally nothing. You get the sword. It's dangerous and that's to go it. alone. Take this. That's like one little entryway. And then you, like, you can't find anything else. You have to, you know, find your bombs. You have to find the secret entrances. Like, do all of those things. I guess I just wasn't expecting that out of this game. And so, and I couldn't get out of the first zone. Like, I, I had to get a sword and a shield. And I knew how to get the shield because you can buy the shield, but the sword is hidden in the forest somewhere. Hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I legitimately had no idea. So I started it over like twice and couldn't figure it out and then just stopped playing it. So uh, I, I, I want to like these games a lot, but maybe I just need somebody like to push me in the right direction on it. Well, I mean, like, maybe, I don't want somebody to show me everything. It might have helped, like, to have your own airplane so you can't, like, search up on it, like, a guide or something. But, like, yeah. like an early walkthrough of that game. Yeah, like, even, like, just, like, one little hint. Like, helpful hints to get be, started. Right. Be like, oh, like, when you go into the, for, like, the hidden forest, turn right. Like, that, that would have been enough for me because I know I'm on the right direction. Like, I'm, like, just wanderingly aimlessly as, like, this super, super pissed off woman is sitting next to me uh, on this plane. Like, it's just, like, there was something about that that wasn't jiving with me. And, of course, like, uh, Daniel, who's been on our show before, who is the off-tank for the Overwatch team, he whips out his switch and i'm like whatever go to hell i did see a lot of switch playing in the airports this over this weekend it's really amazing isn't it yeah like of all like i saw like a nine-year-old kid up to like a 40-year-old man yep. like it's, it's it's really amazing to see switches everywhere and like it makes me really want one i really really do because like i 
two times in the last two weeks, I really could have used a switch. Yeah. When I drove to Portland with my parents and then on these flights to Tucson and back. Like, it would have been perfect because I've been playing Fallout Shelter on my iPad, and that's, like, not fun. Right. I've, it's it's um, I'm not addicted anymore. I've hit that point where I'm like, eh, that's not good. I definitely hit that point in my Fallout Shelter play early on. But, yeah, so anyway, so I played a little bit of that. And the last game I do want to talk about, uh, I have actually been playing this for a couple of weeks, mm. and it's on my phone. Well, uh, you found a new phone game, huh? I did. This game is the stupidest thing I've ever played in my life. Sounds like something you'd play on your phone. So this game is called Hidden My Game by Mom. Hidden My Game by Mom. Okay. So the story behind this is basically like... Uh, you have uh, like a 3DS, and your mom hides it from you. And there are these little puzzles where you have to find it from without like alerting your mom. Hmm. But it is outrageous. I totally forgot to play or look for that sneaky game. Always sneaking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely look that up. I should. But uh, hidden my game by mom. Just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever played. And, like, basically, like, the puzzles are, again, you have to find your game without alerting your mom. And it starts out pretty simple. Like, you can tell, like, oh, your mom's hiding behind the curtain. Don't press the curtain. There's two of them. Oh, there's, there's like, this developer has made a ton of them. Well, here's the, the other escape games, it looks like. Yes. Now, there is, like... So it's from an Asian game developer. <coughs> this As hilarious. you can tell, it is hilarious. Uh, but like they started translating it better in the later games, and I wish they wouldn't. Because like the, the fact that it's translated so poorly oh, is one of the best the things English about translations? it. Yeah, that's good. That's really one of the best things about it. And it's like it's like if you typed in like, if you had Google Translate do it for you, basically, and it's fantastic. Or, like, Google Translate, translate English back to China or Japanese and right, back exactly. to English. Perfect. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But, like, there will be, like, puzzles where, like, you, like, you find a wallet. And if you click on the wallet, you get arrested. By who? By the police. In your own house? Yes. Like, it's very, like, it's very, it's not animated or anything. It's just kind of just stupid. It's it's something you have to see to really understand. But, like, Where it's just. Where do you find these? I don't know. I hear about them, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. And so I do it. But give it a shot. It's free. Uh, if you want like hints like on how to solve a puzzle, you can watch videos to get those hints. But uh, I'm stuck on one of them right now. I just legitimately cannot figure out what to do. Hmm. I've almost beat the game. I'm gonna and download it right now. Dude, download it. Just just get it. It's just so ridiculous. Everything about it. Um, I mean, both one and two are five star ratings. So yeah, because it's just so outrageous and it's free. So if you're looking for a phone game, quick puzzles, you know, none of the puzzles take a very long time. So Except you can play like several of them, put it away, come back several hours later, play a couple, blah, blah, blah. Perfect. So. I'm excited now. 
something to do in class so I'm not paying attention. We are not condoning that. I know. I'm not. I'm just at this point in my... Spring break's coming up really soon. Spring break, and you're and a senior. I'm a senior. I totally and get it's it. It's really, like, it's really hard for me right now to, like, do things. I totally get it, dude. I really do. And it didn't help that I, like, was gone this weekend. So, like, my whole jive of school got, ya. like, thrown in the air and just felt like... So, now I have something to distract myself with. 100% totally understand that. Spring break's coming up. I'm going to play a lot of video games, I hope. Fingers crossed. I need to catch up. I need to beat some games from the last several months that I have not yeah. done. Yeah, I definitely am Because we got some new games coming behind. soon. Like, big ones that I want to pick up. Me so. too. Me too. And games that came out this year that I still haven't touched. Yeah, true. Spring break. It's going to be a big... I'm not going to sleep. I, I tell myself I'm going to sleep over spring break, and I realize I'm probably not going to sleep because I'm just going to be playing video games the whole time. Sounds good to me. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't know how I got on that. I think we should still go do something. Okay. I think we should go do something for spring break. I'm down for maybe a couple days to do something. Yeah. I don't know what, but we should definitely do something. Um, because I, I want to get out of town really bad. Even if we just drive to like McCall or something, I'm cool with that. It'd be cool. I don't know. I was thinking camping. Like we should go camping somewhere. Eh, okay. Not a huge camper, but yet i'll do it yeah i know you will wish i had my switch just kidding <laughs> austin go to the tent no no i'm not Play coming Mario. out <laughs> that's like the epitome of being a millennial like you go out and camping but you don't leave the tent just to play your switch right or you have your phone charging on a solar i like solar phone charger yes because you can't live without your phone i i can actually turn my phone off so I think we still are, have that old generation feel where I can actually turn my phone off for a day and not be and not worry about it. I am better now than I used to be. So because I was in a job that like I felt like I was on call like twenty four seven, and so like getting away from my phone like actually gave me anxiety. And even like when I'm like watching like my battery die, like I get a little anxious. I'm like, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? But uh, I can step away from my phone for a while and. St- be okay now like this whole this whole last weekend i don't think I, I hardly used my phone yeah i barely touched mine so i can survive without it i know a lot of people like do not hashtag millennial life at least we don't eat tide pods that's true that is true we are not that generation overwatch came out with a new character uh did they did Brigette. Brigette, that's what it is. I was going to say Legette, but that's not right. No. Torbjorn's daughter. Torbjorn's daughter. What a weird way to go. Yeah, and apparently she's like a huge fan favorite already. I haven't touched her yet. I haven't either. But like, I saw like the whole like Polygon post an article about all the uh, the fan art that's already coming out for her and stuff that people have done. And yeah. I know. People, yeah. people are Overwatch. Like, I like Overwatch. But then there's people like like really like Overwatch and like make like fanfics and stuff and it's and even like adult fanfics and yeah I mean the adult fanfics is where I kind of like I'm gonna stay I mean, away these from these are this. cartoon characters that you are like having <coughs> adult Gross. fantasies about Gross. it's weird it's really weird to me Gross. hentai is gross I I will actually go on record saying that hentai is gross. Is a fan of Honey Pop. 
Antinus Gross. I am not a fan of Honey Pop. Just, it's a joke. It's a joke, guys. Please don't write in and tell me I'm a bad person. The phone is ringing off the hook. Please don't write in and tell me I'm a bad person. Hello? Oh, they're yelling about Honey We had this, so this is an aside, but a good one. So we have like our like esports production meetings every week. And, you know, the the guy who started the whole thing, Dr. Chris Haskell, is like a nice dude. Um, you know, he's a family man, like those things. And I made the I made a honey pop joke the other day during one of our meetings because we we're talking about some plans about streams in the future and stuff. And so I'm you like made a joke about honey pop. Yeah. And so I made a honey pop joke. And he said, you know what? I'm going to have to see what, why, why you keep talking about this game. You're like, no. And I was like, no, no. And like everybody in the Discord I mean, he was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, seriously, do not look it up. It's not worth your time. Please, for the love of God, I don't want to be associated with why you learned about this game. <laughs> oh. My podcast listeners, I'm totally fine being associated that way. But uh, you should just know. I mean, we've talked about Honey Pop quite a, a bit. Lot. So it's because the game is so ridiculous. You know, there's another one, right? No. There's a Honey Cam. Honey Cam? Yes. That sounds awful. Yes, you run a cam studio, like uh, an adult cam studio. I have never played it. Oh my god! I know. It's like Night Trap. Well, and they. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's actually probably a better game than Night Trap. <laughs> And actually, so they're coming out with a new, like, the creators of those games are coming out with a new game. I mean, they obviously do well. They get kickstarted where they like can't, that. Yeah. And, like, no, like, whatever. It takes a lot of work for those games because they don't really hand draw everything. Oh, I don't know. I thought they did. I thought Probably. All, I, I mean, thought it was all hand drawn, which can you, can you imagine being that guy that just has to draw all that? No. It would be weird. be a weird job. But but perfect for somebody. Yeah, right? someone might, someone's into that. Uh, I, I want to feel dirty. I feel dirty now, so we need to take a break. Well, let's get into our first news story of the day. Yeah, big probably the biggest one. Probably the-, the biggest one, and it was funny. Like, so Nintendo had a direct this past week, and when their direct was ending, we were actually in our like one of the vans in Vegas, headed to one of the competitions. The van erupted. And like I, I knew right then what had happened. Of course, I was you know watching myself. This is direct from a GameSpot article. Super Smash Brothers Switch launches in 2018. Nintendo Direct reveals 
The text goes, Nintendo teased that its Nintendo Direct event for March 2018 was done before sharing one last thing. It turned out to be the biggest and best news of all. Super Smash Bros. is officially coming to Nintendo Switch. And that's not all. As you won't have to wait all that long for it, Super Smash Bros. for Switch is coming in 2018. A Nintendo announced by way of a cool teaser trailer. And it was a cool teaser trailer. It was. It was really well done. I liked it. The trailer starts out by showing Inklings from the Splatoon series who will be play who will apparently be new playable characters. We'll also see returning Smash characters like Mario and Link. You can bet that they will also show up in the game and many more. The trailer also includes a tantalizing tease for what other characters may be in the game. You can see the silhouettes of these characters in the trailer is still it appears like the likes of Samus. Uh, Donkey Kong and Bowser may be in there, but it's hard to make out many of the specifics, though you can be sure that fans will try. As of yet, we don't know if this new version of Smash Brothers, Wii U, or a brand new game. If it is a port, it could follow the model of Mario Kart 8. The game was originally released on Wii U before coming to Switch in a deluxe version that featured more content. Both the trailer and a subsequent press release remain ambiguous about what form this game will take. So I watched the Donkey review of the trailer. I did he, not. What he, did he it's hilarious, by the way. You should I'm watch it. I'm sure it, it is. Because it, they're all funny. He is convinced it is a brand new Smash game because okay. he, he compared the Wii U one and like the logo. And he's like, there's no lines on this new one. Like He's like going like that and it picky. But like, when they do like a little change like that, it means it's kind of a new game. Right. And I it I mean, I can see a port, but I I would think it'd be smarter smarter just to have a new one, which I'm sure Nintendo will just do. Right. I mean, the whole Mario Kart 8 thing, I think was probably because they wanted to get like one of their big kind of multiplayer franchises out for the Switch Earlier. in year yeah. 1. Yeah. And so now that they've had time to kind of develop the Switch, develop the hardware, the firmware, and now that they can introduce this game, I think it's like the idea of them doing a port sounds backwards to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Nintendo's in a good spot where like now they've like established themselves, so now releasing new like new games is what they need to do. And they shouldn't be going backwards at this point. And also, I guess I didn't even realize there was a Smash Brothers out for the Wii U. I did. I mean. Like I honestly did not remember that. All this stuff came out for Wii U, but it's just it just was forgotten, and I think we should just forget it now for finally and just yeah. leave it where it belongs. But even even if they do take the model of the Mario Kart Eight thing, yeah, I guess like they did that super well because they took all the the stuff that made that game good and kind of built upon it because they it's basically like a second chance for that game. See, I think if they took that model with the Super Smash Brothers, like there's nothing wrong with that. And this, and also that's coming out in 2018 is just what Nintendo's been doing with this Switch is when they announce something, it's like it's not a year, or two years from now, it's m a month or two from now. Like yeah. they literally announced the Switch two months before it came out, and that's the trend they're still going with. Hey, we got a new game. Guess what? It comes out this year. Yeah, and I I knew that Super Smash Brothers was gonna come out this year. Well, it had to be their big seller. Mm -hmm. Like if like if you look at the franchises that they've been really like hardcore leaning on, this was the one that they had to bring out this year, and this is to continue that trends that they have started from last year. And I bet there's still so many people on the fence about the Switch. Like, oh, I'm Zelda and Mario look great, but I still don't know if I want to buy it. And then they see this, they'll they probably will flip them over the edge to buy yeah. the Switch. And I'm kind of in that boat. I'm like, you know, I, I have a couple of friends who own the Switch. 
I probably yeah. will have some friends in the future that are going to own a Switch. Might as well get into one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I have like I bought onto the whole Switch train, you know, fairly early. Like, even though I haven't like I don't have one myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been supportive of that console oh, yeah, and what and they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think like them, they just like they have to keep this trend going. And I think Super Smash Brothers is such a way to do that. And that's coming from somebody who I've never really played a lot of those games and I've never been a big fan. To be honest, I actually don't really like Super Smash Bros. Me neither. Because I never like grew up playing it. But like if I actually you know, get into it on the Switch, I feel like I would like it so much better. Yeah, I think like as a like a house party thing, if you look at like Nintendo's offerings in that like market it's one of the better ones. It is a lot better than Mario Party uh, because Mario Party's a garbage game. Uh, I think it's better the than positions most. Positions have changed. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's better than most of the uh, the Mario Karts. Like there, there are some of the Mario Karts are like real great. Um, and so I don't know. Like I, I just like I, I knew this was gonna happen. Like, if you would have told me last year that they were coming out with this, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I am a little bit surprised that they announced it this early. But I can see it coming out, I'm going to say August. I honestly, I, you know, the way Nintendo runs and they operate, I'm surprised this announcement wasn't at E3. Unless it comes out before E3. And it could actually. You know what? That actually makes more sense. I can think. I can see a May release on this game. I I think that's a little early, but I wouldn't put it past Nintendo. That's kind I of wouldn't been, either. That's kind of been the trend that they're doing. But I don't know. I I just like I I feel like that's a little bit too early. Like I could see maybe them trying to organize like some kind of big tournament or something at E3. But remember, they do their own things at E3. So who right, knows I mean, what, they still have their booth, though. Yeah, who and that's knows what the they thing. Got, who knows what they have planned, though. Uh, we're just getting to the point where like people are starting to announce their E3 lineups. People are starting to talk about it, and so like I guess I'm just kind of surprised that they like this is going to be their big hitter, right? This is going to be their big thing for 2018. I'm just surprised that they didn't save it for that moment. Unless they got something else coming up later. Like what? Metroid. Well, we know that's coming out already. Okay. Like, we know uh, Metroid 4 is coming out. Yoshi's Island. Sold. (laughs) Nah, uh, but... uh, Yeah, yeah. like, uh, they could come out with, like, a kick-ass, like, Donkey Kong or something. Yeah. Right? Or a new Star Fox or something. Ooh, actually, Star Fox? On the Switch? That could be kind of cool. That you actually could like you know use the motion controls and yeah. fly your. As much as I never want to use motion controls in my life. Calling it now, Star Fox on the Switch, coming out late. That would actually be a really smart move for him. I guess I'm kind of getting a little concerned though that they're kind of tapping out too soon. Yeah. The fact that Zelda and Mario, the biggest games they have, came out in the same year, and the Mario Kart, like then they follow it up with Super Smash Brothers the next year. Uh, you know, I, I could see them doing a Mario party sometime in the near future. I'm worried that they're tapping out way too soon. You know, just, you know, blowing your load just a little bit early. 
I see what you mean, but I feel like they had to do that because they, they, they were so well. banking on the the half the switch had to be successful. And yes, the fact that you throw two of the biggest franchises in the first year really ensures that it is going to be a success. And then down the now now they can let off the gas and kind of slowly release things. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I think if we had a conversation in, last month about Mario coming out. And Mario coming out in February, basically a year after Zelda, mm-hmm. I feel like we would still be having the same conversation about the Switch and how successful it is. I don't think like it was de- like it was based upon them releasing those two smash hits in the same year. Uh, I think like it's cool that they did, but I think like they would have been successful either way. I I, I know, but I feel like. Just because with the success of how the Wii U did, they were really like they were they, worried. They needed this to sell well, and I think that was the way they were going to do it: is just front load this, uh, like the first year of the Switch, and it was huge success for them. So I mean, it paid off for them, and oh, absolutely did. And I know they have a, I'm sure they have a ton of plans in the works too. Reggie will never let us down. Yes. <laughs> uh, so and obviously my body is ready. Yes, obviously with Smash Smash Bros coming in, it is going to be a huge one. Honestly, I can see them pulling in Soul Calibur in the, coming up here. Yeah. That'll be a big seller for them. I guess I Bayonetta's coming out sometime this year. I think so. I mean, they still have some big games probably coming out in the works, and it's it's usually every day when I hear, oh, this port from this game is now finally coming to Switch. I think the last one was. Uh, Oh, what was it? I can't even remember now. But it was like a big, like a big game. I think Dark Wolfenstein. Souls. Maybe I think Dark Souls. Oh, I think Dark, it was Souls Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one I just saw recently. Yeah, which is huge. I mean, prepare, it, yes, prepare to die anywhere in the world, <clears throat> on the go, on a bus, in a train, sitting on your couch. You know, in your neighbor's backyard. Prepare to die. Well, with that, we were, uh, you know, run to a nice little commercial break. Yeah, we need to take a break, and we will be back for hour two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the back to the Dry Spellcast. This is hour two of our two-hour show for the week. Uh, we're going to get into some news. We talked a little bit about uh, Smash Brothers coming to the Switch, but we're going to just uh, we're just going to continue it'll, on. It'll be a smash. Well, that's been it for us today. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, no, that's not it for us. You're not that lucky. So. Talking about weird, actually, I, okay. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't segue that way because I think like Smash Brothers coming out is not a weird thing. This next one is, is a weird, weird thing. <laughs> this one is very strange. From the Gamespot article, the full version of Fortnite Battle Royale is on its way to mobile. That's right, mobile, mobile. Which I get if it's mobile on mobile, but it gets even weirder. Epic made a surprising announcement recently when it revealed that it was bringing Fortnite's incredibly popular Battle Royale mode to mobile, complete with crossplay. 
with a beta test coming up on iOS and signups now live, Epic has provided us with our first look at the gaming running on mobile. The mobile revealed trailer showcases gameplay that Epic says is from the mobile version, though it doesn't, it doesn't specify exactly what hardware it's running on. iPhone 6S SE, iPad Mini 4, iPad Air 2, iPad 2017, iPad Pro, or a newer Apple device with iOS 11 is required to play. Regardless, you can get a sense for both how it may look on your device or its choice and what it's going to play like. Epic uh, promised that Fortnite on mobile would be the full experience, and from what little we can glean, that appears to be the case. Graphics quality is, as you'd expect, lower than what many Battle Royale players are likely accustomed to, as it runs at a noticeably low resolution in some sections, such as when a player parachutes down into the Dusty Depot area. Till the towers. That said, Fortnite's cartoonish style seems to lend itself well to this kind of downgrade. More importantly, we also get a brief glimpse at the controls and user interface. The map is relegated to the upper left corner, while your inventory is listed along the bottom of the screen and touch buttons are located on the left and primarily right. We don't know yet know how much freedom you'll have to customize these controls. While not as complex as this control scheme in PUBG, Epic does face a challenge in adequately mapping controls met for a keyboard and mouse or controller to a touch screen. I just find that so weird. So I understand, like, if you want to do mobile, if it's only mobile versus mobile. But it's, it's literally against PC, Xbox, everyone that's... <sighs> yeah. Can so you my, imagine so playing my phone on your is competing phone against, against like, a like PC player? Someone with a 1080 Ti. I don't think that's fair <laughs> with, my, with my thumbs. Well, I'm sure, shoot. like, you can select. I think that's how you have to do it on... On it now because yeah. like we play with some PlayStation players on PC, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you have to like make that an option that you allow that. Mm -hmm. just, There's I, no way that they're gonna like. Although maybe I mean, think about it. Like how I like to think like not a ton of people are going to adopt this as their primary way. Maybe I will of playing Fortnite. Maybe this is the way I'll get into Fortnite. Just on my phone. I mean, I have so I have the eight plus iPhone, and so it's definitely like the, the most powerful iPhone. Like internally, it's. I mean, obviously the X is actually the, or the ten is the same actually internals like the A eleven chip and stuff like that. So I'd be interested to see how it runs on my phone compared because it said like the six S and SE, which are like two or so generations ago on phones, and they still can play on that. Right. So I just want to see comparative, like, to two generations of iPhones to now, how much it looks better there, and then obviously compared to what a PlayStation or a computer can play it. At. I mean, it's definitely there's going to be a huge difference there. So what's funny is my phone is actually more powerful than my iPad that I have right here too, because this is the original iPad Air from like five years ago. So I'd be interested to see what what it plays better on, device wise. Yeah, I mean, it probably is going to play better on your phone. Yeah, which is weird. Granted, like, you're probably going to have a better experience on your iPad. Yeah. Right? I mean, but it might be nice, at least on the phone, to have everything within a controllable. That's, that could also I, be. Because on my iPad, I'll feel like I have to be like, ah, like all over the place trying to touch things. And that's when that's when mistakes are made. But yeah, I don't know. I I will try it. I will say it now. Yeah, I think and it's a fascinating thing. Like. That's like a really weird idea. And I wonder, there's like part of me that is like, I wonder if this was their end game all along. Yeah. 
because we all know how big mobile games are uh especially free to play mobile games like, and i know a lot for like personally me i'm actually not playing as many games as i used to and i know like a lot because i i have a weird schedule with school and stuff like that i do but like our other friends like have you know us they work and then they get off work and they play games in the evening time so maybe during like a class or something i could just be playing with them on my phone i think that's where it really lends itself like really really well yeah, I think that's like, it's like obviously like voice chat and stuff like that is going to be hard to do uh, in a class. Yeah, but I could have I could just have like a he- one headphone in and then not the speak and I can just listen. That won't look fishy at all. No, I think I got the I got the earpods. That's what oh, I need. Of course you do. No, I don't have them. But oh. I, should, I should. I I mean, I might. might we might as well. And then I you can, might as well just have an Apple product installed inside of your body. I need the chip in my brain. Uh, but I think for me, it like, especially like when I, cause I do go visit my parents semi-regularly, maybe once a month or so. And I know always at that time, I always get a text from someone, you want to play a game? Now I'm like, yeah, I can play Fortnite on my phone. Let's play some Fortnite. While well, I'm at my parents, and then I, my parents are like, you want to watch TV with us? I'm like, uh-huh. As I'm, you know, battle royale there is absolutely no circumstance in which I see myself playing this. I I can see it in my, my in, in my other than checking it out to be like, oh, that's like an idea, like whatever. What about when you're working and then you have like your like times where you're just kind of sitting there? I I just like I because you know I will great. play something else. Do you know like, what would have been great? Like in the silent movie thing when I'm in that hallway back by myself, could have been playing. Yeah, that. but like when I'm working, it's very much like a. Like I have to be ready to do something if it comes up. Mm-hmm. So you have to like I don't like that's notice. the great thing about mobile games, and that's like probably why I like clickers so well. Mm-hmm. Because like if you turn it off and you like can leave it and it like does its thing, right? Uh, but like for this, it's one of those things. Like again, you have to dedicate at least twenty twenty five minutes, even Fortnite, yeah, to play a match. And that, for me, is completely counterintuitive to why I play mobile games. True. Like, even, like, the Shadow of War mobile game that came out. (laughs) That's right. Like, that was almost too much for me because, like, you have to, like, these battles last, like, a minute or two. Like, even that sometimes pushes it because that's not why I'm playing a mobile game. Because you jump on, do your little stuff, and then go right off, right? Right. And then, and, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Fortnite is just... It's very interesting. For, I think they're literally trying to get Fortnite in the hands of every single person. I in, think so. In the world at they, this point. They're looking to conquer the world. Fortnite is the world. And then soon everything will be Fortnite. Soon we'll be dropping people off buses to fight to the death. And that's how we control the population. I see it all in my head. Epic Games is trying to control... The growth of the world. I don't know. I wonder if Epic Games has any ties to Russia. <laughs> so, actually, this is it's kind of funny we brought this up. That's literally something we talked about in my criminal justice class last semester, my senior seminar, is how do we, like, eliminate, like, crime in the prison populations and stuff. And to every single day, the purge would come up and the Hunger Games would come up. Just to do a Hunger Games with prisoners... Right, and then the la- the one that wins gets to go free, and then c- that's how you control the prison population. 
because we want our strongest <laughs> and most violent prisoners to be the ones who make it out alive. But then, I mean, but then they'd be under supervision for the rest of their lives. Is the point? I don't know. It's it's just it's just something we always talk about and make it a joke. But like, and but it's just so the way we're adopting battle royales. I feel like if we actually had a live battle royale, people would literally watch it. Oh, absolutely, people would. Look at MMA. People love watching people get the be- crap beat out of them. But like, I can I could see Russia doing something like this crazy. Oh, easily. Find they probably already do. Probably find a hundred prisoners and just drop them off in an island. And I like, mean, it goes back to the dangerous game, right? Or the most dangerous game. I love that book. Yeah, I mean, it's all based upon that idea. Hunting and being the hunter and the hunted. Right. Uh, the the Gen- fascination Zaroff, with like. The fascination with trying to outsmart, like, another human being. And see, I think that's where, like, where that really lends me. Like, if I, in like, that's why, like, PUBG kind of angers me. And same with Fortnite. Because I feel like in real life situations, I would do so much better than than I do in these video games. Oh, God. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Because I can outwit people. I'd be so smart. I would just lay in a bush for several hours. Like that's how I'd win. It's like uh well like in like when the military does exercises where they play war, this is what they do. Like my dad talked about doing it when he was in the Air Force. How one of the things they had to do was you start here and you gotta end get to this point right. and there's guards and stuff and you gotta sneak your way there. I remember doing that in like Boy Scouts. Yeah, and that's that's like super fun to me. And like I kind of It is. Like, and it kinda reminds me uh, we would do that stuff like growing up I when I had airsoft and stuff like that. And like uh-huh. that's why it's be like I think that like that idea is fun. Hundred Kirby's drop onto an island. <laughs> We're done with Kirby's. Oh. No more Kirby's. Hunter Mario's drop on just kidding. It's just Fortnite is just sweeping the nation and the world. Everything. Fortnite's taking over everything. Soon people will be just walking around with pickaxes just beating the crap out of walls and like, what are you doing? I'm collecting wood. And then <laughs> it just reminds me of that, that Minecraft episode of South Park. Where right. All the parents get into Minecraft and then they literally start living Minecraft and like he was we saw him in the middle of the night chopping a tree with punching a tree with a <laughs> With a wood, uh, with a pickaxe, right? What, what a griefer! What a griefer! Um, one news story uh, before we need to take a break. Uh, Dota Two has replaced their battle pass with a subscription-based Dota Plus. How do you feel about that? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's basically the same thing, except now you like have to pay like four bucks a month. For the subscription uh, battle pass, I'm really interested to see how this affects the international, because the international their prize uh, pool was generated by battle pass. Like that's how like they so got do you think like they're a doing lot of this it. to get more money out of it. Then I don't know because I, I feel like they're going to drop. Obviously, the monthly subscription is going to be cheaper than what a battle pass would cost, but over time. Well, I guess I don't know. Like, I don't think it or is like cheaper. It, or like it tricks people to think it's cheaper. Yeah, like, and maybe that's it. It's only $4 it. a month. But then, you know, at the end of the month, that's, you know. You know, at the end of the year. Yeah, that's what That's what? Say. That's 48 Yeah, 48 dollars. How much would it be for like a standard battle pass? Um, Not that much. 
Yeah, so I think I it's think, like thirty bucks I think for like a, a leveled battle pass. I think it's a way to like trick people to think they're spending less money on things when they're actually going to spend more money. And I don't think their idea is to trick people. No. But this way they can kind of like they can pace out their cosmetics and stuff mm-hmm. in a way that they couldn't with the battle pass. Yeah. And maybe now this means that they can kind of pump more money into the other majors. Yeah. Versus just the international. That makes sense. But I whatever. It's interesting to see, like, Fortnite just adopted the Battle Pass. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this. I was talking about this with people over the weekend. Uh, And it's basically exactly what Dota was doing. I mean, it's literally the same name. Yeah, it's the same name. It's a Battle Pass. (laughs) And so... The that whole idea again. I think if it's a free to play game, like I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know what you're getting ahead of time. It's not. It doesn't feel dirty to me because it does. Again, it doesn't affect the gameplay, which is my like cutoff point where I'm like, yeah, this is kind of gross. But I don't know. That's it's around. interesting. Do you want to spend money? Go right ahead. The thing, also the about like this, uh, this Dota Plus thing actually grants you uh, like rewards for winning. Hmm. Like I guess the other one did as well, but this is like if you win three games a week, you get like a thousand shards, which can be spent on items uh, that are only available to Plus subscribers. Ah, so that's the way they're gonna try to pull more people in. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, obviously, helping, like, giving your people incentives to win is a good thing because it creates, like, it it makes the community, I was going to, like, not less hostile because maybe probably even more hostile, but, like, some of the people who go into games to just feed or whatever, like, uh, that might happen less and less. But also, there's like it comes along with a plus assistant, which uh, help like gives you data gathered during like recent games, uh, so you can kind of stick uh, with the meta a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So there's that incentive as well, like it will help you a little bit. So it might help new players, right? Which for me, would which be great. for anybody playing a MOBA, I played Dota once in my life, and I had no idea what I was doing. Yes, I've, I've played a lot of Dota and I still have no idea what I'm doing. I run and I attack some grunts and then I run away and heal and then I go back and still, it was, I don't know, it was a whole thing. There are so many things wrong with what you just said, <laughs> but we're going to go past it and we've got to take a break. Speaking of Valve, Polygon ran an article this week, and most of uh, the outlets ran this as well. Uh, originally, uh, PC Gamer ran had a, like a tour of Valve's headquarters and everything. Uh, this is Polygon's article. I like there's a little bit more than everybody else's. Valve, we're making and shipping games again. What? Valve founder Gabe Newell said the company, which hasn't shipped a new full-size game since 2013's Dota 2, is back in the business of making and shipping games. Its next game, Artifact, is supposed to be released this year. 
Neil spoke at a recent press event, and his quote about Valve getting back to making games comes from Jeff Keighley, who played Artifact with other members of the media. Valve's next game is a digital card game a la Hearthstone, based on the universe and roles of Dota 2. Artifact was announced at last year's the International uh, Dota 2 Tournament to a somewhat mixed response, which is somebody who was there... It was very mixed. Well, because especially like, well, we got a new game. Yeah, Day 9 sold that a lot more than he should have. But Artifact is being developed with the assistance of Richard Garfield, the creator of Magic the Gathering. And it will be the first of several games that are going to be coming from us, according to a report from PC Gamer. At the very least, it's a sign of hope that Valve will release a brand new game. Quote from Newell himself. We've always been a little bit jealous of companies like Nintendo. When Miyamoto is sitting down and thinking about the next version of Zelda or Mario, he's thinking, what is the controller going to look like? What sort of graphics and other capabilities? He can introduce new capabilities like motion input because he controls both of those things. And he can make the hardware look as good as possible because he's designing the software at the same time that's really going to take advantage of it. So that is something we've been jealous of, and that's something that you'll see us taking advantage of subsequently. Which kind of answers the question of why they've only been focusing on hardware over the last couple of years. Which, to me, when I read this, makes me immediately think the next game they are going to do is VR. It has to be. We, we talked about this, uh, honestly, it's like last year. Because, yes. well, how? We're, this, is, this is literally the, like our first show of year We're two. We're going to talk about it? that at the end. But... Uh, because you've talked about this, just one day Half-Life 3 is just going to appear on VR. Yeah, and I think like that, like they've kind of put the Half-Life 3 thing to rest. That was more of but a pipe I, dream I can than see, anything. I can but see a Portal 3 VR. Just Portal, I think, lends itself to and VR the way, And the way well. Valve does things, I literally can just see it. It's just going to appear in Steam one day, and people are just going to lose their minds. And Steam's going to crash and fall apart. The world's going to end, and that's what's going to happen. I can see it happening. Yeah. So, and that makes a lot of sense because I think if Valve really adopts VR, it will it will take off. I totally agree, and you know they I mean they've adopted VR right. Well, yeah, but like they've been, really they've like, been releasing their VR stuff, but like really like push like a big game, especially if like they it's the first game they've released since 2013, like full size yeah. game on VR, uh, VR, and especially if it's Portal, they'll people will be buying VR headsets left and right. We fly, they'll be flying off the shelves, and it won't be such a niche market that it is today. Yeah, I mean, I think VR gets more mainstream as every day passes, but it just needs that big adopter, right? It needs that big game. Because for me personally, like the VR Still. is like it's cool, it's it's a novelty idea, but there's never been like one game like I need to buy a VR headset to play this game. It'd be, it's like right now, so far, it's like, oh, if I had a VR, I'd play this game, but I'm not running Super to hot. Yeah, but I mean, I have it on my plate, like my PC, and like I get, I think it'd be fun on the VR, because it's, it's a little different. But I haven't really, like, literally felt the need to like get up out of my house, drop hundreds of dollars on this uh, VR headset, which I don't even have, so that's probably right. a limiting factor there. But if I did, I still haven't felt like I needed to like go have one right away. Yeah, and maybe they'll just drop like you know the new HTC Vive or something. No, I'm. I mean, I'm totally with you there. I think they they have obviously shown that they want to be a part of this, 
And like this, I think, just kind of links those two ideas together. The idea that they've been working on hardware for the past couple of years to then be able to make a game like alongside that hardware. And, you know, it's the them and hardware has kind of been an interesting thing because you don't see uh, steam machines around like like that is something that fell flat on its face. But, you know, they've been developing the Steam controller. People use that. They've really been heavily pushing the whole big picture thing. Like, they want their thing to be be the hardware on which they run it. I, I won't be surprised if they introduce some kind of console idea in the next couple of years. Uh, like said, that was kind of what the Steam machine was supposed to be. But it's hard to do that when Steam still runs on everything else. Yeah. And, and but they, if they, they if they release like a game like you have to run your VR headset through this Steam machine that you can only play these games on, that will lead people to not like get super upset about it. Yeah. But also like have to adopt that platform. And I, I think, like, their their comparison to, like, Miyamoto and Nintendo, like, a very selling time, or not, I can't speak because I'm high on cough meds, a very selling sign, telling sign of what they are trying to push their agenda as. See my, now, now you, my brain just going wild because I can see Portal in VR, Left 4 Dead 3 in VR. Could you imagine? Oh, that would be wild. That would be so much fun. So I think this is definitely a smart move, even if they don't do VR and they just start releasing new games again. I mean, it's been it's been a while five years since they've released a game. And also the whole thing like with uh, Counter Strike VR. <laughs> nah, <laughs> with Magic the Gathering uh, creator. Being involved in Artifact. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. I think that's going to put a lot of people's fears in that game to rest. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Magic is huge still. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's kind of interesting that they went direct to the source because, you know, everybody's kind of been chasing that Magic feeling. You look at Hearthstone. Um, All those trolls, legends. Yeah, like Gwent. I mean, and I think everything like that came after Hearthstone. But Hearthstone yeah. definitely was like, we are going to be the virtual version of Magic. Yeah, right. So you don't have to carry around decks with you. But you know, like we still have places in town that hold Magic tournaments weekly. Mm-hmm. The that game. The uh, game place, whatever you yeah, there's there's a couple of them yeah. in town now, and I know uh, Space Bar does them as well. Yeah, it's it's still a, still a thing. Like like Magic is still a relevant thing, and so like them being like, oh, we're going to kind of like lift a bunch of ideas from the guy who created it. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a super smart move on their part. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm sure. Hopefully, we'll see something later in the year about Valve and. Because you know what, Gabe's like, I need more money. They are. I'm just kidding. That's, it's capitalism. I know. It's great. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> my, ver- my voice is getting worse and worse We're as the show goes on. We're almost there. 20, 20 some minutes left. We Come can on. It. We can do it. 
And then I'm not going to be able to talk for the rest of the week. That's fine. Rest your voice till next hey. next week. What's that supposed to mean? I mean, it's keep your voice pretty. So for next week's show, you're golden, pony boy. You- With that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some more news for you. back we've got just little under half an hour left for today we were talking about e3 earlier in the uh show and we've got more news on that like said e3 is coming up fast people are starting to release like lists of what they're going to show and so on and so forth from Xbox directly themselves, the Xbox Wire, E3 2018, Microsoft Ready's biggest E3 showing ever. Does that mean they're going to have two Porsches on stage? Five. Whoa! Since Xbox made its first appearance at the Electronic Entertainment Expo in 2000, Xbox has had a major presence at the show, delivering exclusive and powerful ways to let fans in on what we're up to. And 2018 will be no different. In fact, it will be our biggest showing ever. With the evolution of E3 now including fans and extended show hours, we saw an opportunity to create an entirely new show experience, reaching E3 attendees and those that are following the show from afar. With that, in collaboration with the Entertainment Software Association, the organizers of E3, we're excited to announce that Xbox will be taking over the Microsoft Theater, a perfectly situated space located in the heart of LA, live and Wait. across the street from the Los Angeles Convention Center. The Microsoft Theater will be home to official E3 events like the Xbox E3 2018 briefing on June 10th, 2018 at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Various Xbox Fan Fest activities, hands-on gameplay and demos for all E3 attendees and more. Not only does the Microsoft Theater allow us to centralize our Xbox presence at E3, but its size enables us to include even more fans and partners in the Xbox E3 2018 briefing than ever before. In addition to the Microsoft Theater, we'll also continue to have a meaningful presence at the LACC with a new booth completely dedicated to Mixer, where you can play, stream, and interact with games and catch the latest E3 news live throughout the entire week. So you're telling me Microsoft's show is going to be in the Microsoft Theater? What? Whoa! What's crazy is that's not actually, like, ever happened before. I know. I find that funny, actually, but they literally own the theater. Yeah, so they are going to be across the street from what? the E3 Expo. Aren't they usually not? The- no. No, Microsoft is always in there. We're not talking just a press conference. Their entire show is on the other side. Yep. It's across the street. So um, E3 every year, bigger and bigger. It's going to get longer. Soon E3 is going to be two weeks, then a month. and then Well, they're doing, they're doing the whole EA thing because yeah. EA had their own little special area last year. A little early access or whatever they it was. It was it. like it was basically in a parking lot somewhere else. Yeah. But, like, so I guess the thing here is, like, they are not going to have their showing – in the convention center with the rest of the people, with the rest of the vendors. Uh, 
other than Mixer. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting myself. They, you can tell they kind of threw that in there to show that, no, we're not leaving E3. We're not doing our own thing. We're just doing it in a different location. And so I think speaks a lot to what E3 is becoming. Yeah. What I mean, especially like if you look at like the way that like the lines were going and stuff last year at E3, uh, now that it's open to the public, like that's getting worse and worse. Well, I think it's smart to actually, you know, break it off. Exactly. So it's not so many people in one spot. Exactly. They're, they're going to be in multiple locations. And I can see in the next several years, is <laughs> E3 is going to be like several convention centers around right the area. now what what and, happens and when shuttles going back and forth when and sony and microsoft and ea and ubisoft and all these different companies have their own specific areas and then the convention center turns into the coliseum spot where the fans can go and see those panels and stuff that'd be i mean that'd be great i can actually see that happening because for e3 is just huge for yeah just, just still reasons. yeah still is huge. I know we talked about e- is E3 dying, and I don't think it is in the past. So, yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to E3. I always am. I always enjoy that time. Of year. I always enjoy that time of year. So. It's like it's like a gamer's holiday. It is. Well, and also if we like thinking about Microsoft as a whole, like their showing last year was pretty subpar. Yeah, and. Like, we look at what Microsoft has on the horizon, and it's really, it's, it's still very little. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got the new Counter-Strike coming out. Not Counter-Strike, Crack sorry. Down. Crackdown. Yeah. But we all know that's coming. But when was the last time you heard an update about Crackdown? The last time when it got delayed out of 2018. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, like... They have been almost completely silent about Crackdown over the past several months. Maybe the show. And that's that. If you are like, if you're Microsoft, you should be nervous right now. Yeah. Because that is what they were betting on. That is what they were selling the Xbox One X for. Yeah. And then it got pushed back. And it kept on getting pushed back. And that's one thing. But now that they're like being like shut it, like about it, like hush, hush about Crackdown. That they sh- people should be nervous about what Microsoft is doing in terms of games, because they they used to be the like hard hitters in first person like first per party games, and now that it just feels like they're being completely silent about it, that's what this showcase has to be. They have to come out with just tons of hard hitting. First party games. Five Porsches. And five Porsches. Everyone that comes to speak. Everybody gets a Porsche. Everyone that comes to speak on stage drives on with the Porsche. And they get out and they reverse back into the stage. Or the stage just lifts and they're in a Porsche and they don't even get out and they start talking from the Porsche. <laughs> just Elon Musk <laughs> is now developing for Microsoft. They're going to shoot a Tesla from the convention center into space to mars to mars with an xbox one x powering those teraflops 
powering the car, the spaceship. Oh, the, even the spaceship. Okay. Can we? When? When do we start calling them spaceships? When do we? Yeah. For what? Like, instead of like shuttles or like rockets, like when do we start calling them spaceships? I think when they start flying people. Okay. I mean, they've flown people for a long time. I know, but I feel like I've called them spaceships. I don't know. What do we call a spaceship? Like something that can actually like go and like travel through space, maybe. Like maybe like make multiple trips and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because like our shuttles kind of like fly to the space station and they have to sit there for a while and get like refilled and and then they come back and like fall apart. Yeah. It takes like years to get them back to flying order, which is weird. Yeah. Except SpaceX has got it with their self-landing rockets Great. sure <laughs> but anyways yeah i mean uh, like them coming out and saying it's going to be the biggest e3 that we've ever had that's a pretty big bold that statement. is a very bold statement but at the same time 100 percent necessary yeah they've been falling behind the last several years because playstation has just kind of been edging them out in every factor yes at like just every turn, PlayStation's always just ahead of them. It's only been a couple times where the Xbox has actually outsold the PlayStation, and just it's only been a handful of months since the consoles have launched into uh, 2013 now. Yes, 20, it was 13. Something like that. Oh gosh. <coughs> so they need to do something if they want to stay like in contention, because I'm sure obviously Sony's going to come out with a huge conference, of course, and we'll see how that goes. Because I know Sony hasn't did announce recently that they are going full steam on all first parties for sony games yeah so in the way sony because games, they know they're destroying microsoft yeah. in that aspect and like the, the games they've released recently like horizon and you know obviously last of us and there's these gaming goliaths that sony has that they're just crushing xbox with and there's more to come and from i mean we got new data war coming out here we got um we've got the new La- last of new us. last of us there will be sequels to horizon yeah, and uh, that day's gone. I got delayed through to 2019, but that's one. Day's gone, and uh, is uh, dreams. is the co-op one? Is that one going to be? Is that a, a way out? Yeah, no, that's that's all of it because it's, it's EA, so it's going to be on all consoles. So, so Microsoft really, because honestly, in like obviously we're not in, I don't have insider information or anything, but Crackdown is like the only thing Microsoft has. Yeah, as their first-party game. Unless they just pay off studio out, like Crystal Dynamics, and get Tomb Raider again. Right. They definitely, and they can do that. That's like that's a a good tactic that they can use. Um, let's move on. Yes. One more news story. IGN. Uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Two announced creative director Julian Gerardi said has said the sequel will take everything we learned over the past two years and applying it towards the sequel to make sure we get it right. The news doesn't come as a huge surprise. While Massive has made much of its support of the original game, managing director David Pulfidelt has previously hinted that a sequel could be on the way. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful brand that has so many potential stories in it. There are a lot of things that we didn't do in the Division 1 that are interesting to look at for that brand. I definitely think there's lots of space to continue or for continuation, which is beyond just keeping the Division online. This is, however, a marked change in approach from other Ubisoft service games with a long-tail approach currently reaping rewards for the French publisher. Games like Rainbow Six Siege are aiming to run for 10 years or more. The original division isn't coming to a close just yet. Massive also announced two final title updates, adding global events and 
four new legendary difficulty missions. So Division 2 is coming out. Not surprised. I'm not either. The way, I mean, especially the way that the Division 1 went, it was like, that was a game I got, was 20, bless you, uh, 2016, March 2016 is when that came out, and I loved the game until I hit level 30 and beat the story, and then it was just nothing. Yeah. And because there is so much potential for the division and that they kind of did drop the ball on. And so I'm hoping that they do fix these changes. I know recently we've, our friends, Jesse and Christian have picked it up on PC yes. and said the game is a lot better than it used to be. Cause like they have added content and they've done fixes and stuff, but I'm not going to get back into it, but the division two might be a one that like, if it comes out and I mean, I'm not going to, I probably will not get it right away, but I'll have to see like how it, how it releases, how it's fixed things. and Because I love the world of The Division. I love running around New York City with, like, nothing going on. It's, like, death and, like, sickness and, you know, there's just rogue people running around. And it's, it, was, it was such a cool environment and a cool atmosphere to be in. Yeah, That's why I was sure. really, like, upset at how it kind of fell flat at the end. But Yeah, like, no, totally. Especially I, considering it's, like, you know, they consider a Tom Clancy game. It's, right. It's kind of a thing. And I just want to throw this in here really quickly. Speaking of Tom Clancy game, I saw this the other day. Uh, Amazon Canada had like a leak or a T, I don't know what it was, like a misprint on their website of a new uh, Splinter Cell that was, that was marked for 2018. Well, like he like, even said like, like not too long ago that they're not done with that series. Yeah, and we, we even talked about that. A Splinter Cell would be one we could see this year, and it looks like it will be. I just want to throw that in there because I just no, I think literally saw that yesterday the day before. That's cool. So. I would love a new Splinter Cell game. But, uh, yeah. So the Division 2, man, it's coming. And that's – and I know they're making a movie about this with Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain. Oh, really? It's, yeah. They, I didn't hear that. They announced that – because I know originally Jake Gyllenhaal was just like, I want to make this a movie, and then actually got confirmed that they are making it a movie. And, I mean, it helps that Ubisoft has a movie studio. So they actually do a lot of work on movies. I don't know if you, anyone really knows that, but if you watch a lot of movies, and at the near to the bottom of the credits, when it talks about like the additional studios that help, Ubisoft's there for a lot of them. So. Yeah. So maybe this will actually like coincide with the movie release. That could be kind of cool. It could be. It very well could be. Yeah, so that I don't think that's a super shocking thing. Uh, they're still supporting the original division, and they're going to continue. So that's that. All right, we need to take one final break. We'll be right back. Okay, we've just got a few minutes left here before we are out of the studio for the day. We're done with news. I want to talk a little bit um, about us. So it has been a year now since we started Dry Spell. Mm -hmm. uh, our first podcast was recorded on March 3rd. I thought it was first. March 1st, something like that. Yeah, because it was two days before the, the switch. switch. Sorry. Yeah. March 1st of 2017. And, of course, uh, we're about two weeks late. Uh, well, we took last week off for we did. reasons. and 
so on and so forth. So this is like an official first show of yeah, year two. of year two of us. And I just, I really want to take this moment to thank everybody who has ever listened to us, mm-hmm. um, who has listened to us, supported us, you know, read our articles, watched our videos. Uh, I I was expecting, like, a few people, but, you know, I think we've actually gained a following. A little bit, yeah. And, like, I'm really, I'm really happy about that. And I'm really excited to see what the future holds for us. I mean, in the last, I, I keep, I check the SoundCloud page every once in a while where our podcasts are posted. And I know we've had like almost a thousand downloads or listens or whatever yeah. on our shows, which I think that's incredible for us. I think that's awesome. You know, I think. Uh, and I, I mean, I check the RSS feeds and like every podcast is getting like 50 yeah. downloads there. And that's. I think like it's it's something special. We're super uh, thankful for that. Yeah, we for have no sure. Idea, like how, how this is gonna be. No, and I mean I think like you know I like we can go back and listen to ourselves when we first started, <laughs> and it's, like it was rough. It was and I bad. Think, like it wasn't bad, but it was, you know it was, we've definitely like changed kind of the way we run things uh, here and there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that maybe people don't notice, like about the way we change the format of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things, you know, because we are live on the radio that we have to adhere to. Like, you know, I wish we didn't have to take so many breaks, but that's a thing we have to do because mm-hmm. we are on the radio. Um, and you know, that's just, that's stuff that, you know, as, you know, as we grow and stuff might change, you never know, you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, we we did launch the podcast originally. Um, our website is still up. Uh, you know, it doesn't get quite as much updates as I hope, like I want. My idea for the future is that kind of be a central hub for us mm-hmm. where we can post podcasts and videos and stuff. And some blogs and game reviews right. and stuff like that. And I think like a lot of that is going to come with us growing as a group. Um, you know, I, we launched our YouTube page, which is definitely in its infant stages, but the idea is also to grow it where we are releasing videos every single day. And, you know, as or well as... I guess like just have a new content every day is like yeah. our plan. Yeah. And then, you know, also uh, kind of grow our Twitch output. Yeah. That's, I think that's going to be what we really spearhead next, I think. Yeah. You know, I think I think getting the YouTube up and yeah, like really cool. up there yeah. is like our next thing. So we actually but like can Twitch have you know, an actual that. like link on YouTube. Right, right. We can actually have a URL. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. But um, you know, I really think a lot of it is to do with people who have supported us mm-hmm. from the very beginning, and like I can't like express my gratitude or my appreciation more. Than I already have, um, or enough, really. Like I think, like it's really awesome that people feel like they want to listen to us. And I even have like friends I would never expect, like that I would work with, or that are like, oh, I listen to your podcast. You guys did actually a really good job, and yeah. And people are like, you guys have good voices, and you know what you're talking about, and 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 we appreciate those kind of compliments. Yeah. You know, uh, I hope over the next year we can really grow like our our audience participation. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think that would be an I, awesome way to go. I know we have go. intermittently had some questions come in, and 
Because I know I feel like the majority of our listeners are podcasts only. Yeah. So we don't get the which pod- is fine. Yeah, well, I mean that's totally fine with us, but the participation's not quite always there. Or maybe you know get emails throughout the week or Twitter questions throughout the week that we can answer on the show. Or yeah, I mean that's like those are those are our thoughts for the coming year, like growing those things. Um, looking at adding more people. Yeah, I would love to add more team members to the dry spell thing. And, you know, we have been in talks with some people about that uh, and just kind of seeing what becomes of it during that time. And again, I just I really, really can't thank people uh, enough for supporting us. And I think it's been a good year for us. And I really look forward. I know we've got a couple more in us, at least. Yeah, uh, this is definitely... This is one of the highlights of everything I do. Literally, I actually look forward to Wednesdays. Just, Every single week. This. Yeah, like, and I base my, like, what, my, what day of the week it is by when the show is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, like this, this recording of this podcast is such an important part of my life. It really is, you know... Um, just being able to sit down and talk about video games uninterrupted for two hours every week is just such a wonderful thing that we get to do. And it's totally changed the schedule of my life, really. Mm-hmm. It really absolutely has. And, you know, we couldn't do this without listeners. And without, like, a, another special thanks to the Pulse radio station. Yeah. We would not be where we are without them. Um, when I first met with our general manager, Rylan, you know, when we came on, we were the first show that felt confident about talking about video games. Mm-hmm. And since then, there's several on the station that do. Yeah. And, you know, I like I feel so well supported by the Pulse. And because I don't know what we did, but the general manager loves us for some reason. I have no idea why, (laughs) but I think like listening, Rylan. Yes, thank you. Seriously, seriously, seriously. because when I was an undergrad originally, I talked to the Pulse about starting a show—not a talk show, but like a music show—completely deaf ears. And so the fact that he was so willing to give us a go and support us the entire way really has really truly made a difference maybe because we're not a sports talk show i'm just kidding (laughs) there's a million sports talk shows um and we're like we are really excited to be like the first video game talk show yeah so i just want to say thank you to everybody um see mom we did it look mom look where our lives have have taken us No, i remember literally i told my mom that we did this and she's like was just like you like laughed almost laughed and like stuff yeah like that but she listens every once in a while and you know gives me feedback and says she likes the show she's like i have no idea what you're talking about but it sounds good yeah and i mean that's the thing like thanks mom i i hope that we are like we are transparent enough that like somebody who doesn't understand video games really well can listen but also like people that know a lot about video games can also listen and i like we definitely try to structure our show based on those ideas and I like, I th- I I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, 
And, you know, when, when we first started, like, maybe I was, like, even though, like, I'm not embarrassed to be a video game player or whatever, like... You know, saying that, oh, like, I take all this time to record a video game podcast. Like, I don't feel uncomfortable saying that anymore. No, I mean, because I remember... And I'm not uncomfortable about pointing people to what we do. Yeah, because I remember, like, early on, like, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, it's an entertainment talk show kind of thing. "Eh." But now I'm like, oh, we are a video game talk show. So I'm confident in us. And And I'm I'm confident in video games as a medium. Yeah. I, like, I also feel super lucky to be on a campus that is supporting video games the way they oh, are absolutely it's it's it helps us that we're yeah. so open and willing here for like video games to be a thing and on the forefront of things yeah games right so that was just a really long way of again saying thank you to everybody uh we hope that you will continue listening to us uh, we hope that we don't get kicked off air for some reason. You know, all of these things. And I really just want to grow this further and further. And, yeah. And we hope that you're there with us alongside it. Every step of the way, we will be here. And hopefully you will be too. Yes. And finally, of course, I want to thank Austin uh, being my uh, my co-host, co-founder, partner, all of that stuff. Uh, since the very beginning and uh, of course thanks as always for being here today absolutely and absolutely well don't do that (laughs) and And I'm off the show (coughs) and until next week thanks everybody for listening we will be back bye